Hello, everybody, and welcome to another rousing episode of the Dry Spellcast. This is episode 82. It's July 16, 2020, and I am your host, Matt. Everybody say hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. Thank you. I am joined by Austin and Jason. As always, Austin, say something. What is going on? Uh, Jason, say know. something. What's up, guys? So when you hear those voices, that's who uh, you're listening to. That Austin and then Jason. And so we're thank you for listening. We could have done that backwards. Yeah, maybe we just learned to mimic each other's voices and we could just... Yeah. And if you're an audio, audio listener, you'll never know. Correct. Now, I have to throw this in at the very beginning because I know the people that listen to this at least hear the beginning. I'm not saying they always hear the end, but I have to throw this in at the beginning because I know they always listen to the beginning. In the next week or so, I believe I am migrating our podcast to a new podcast host. What does that mean for you, the listener? probably nothing okay so our rss feed is going to change if you are a direct rss feed um listener then you will have to find the new rss feed however if you subscribe through itunes or google podcast which i believe most of ours comes from the itunes store uh it should and i mean that with a like exclaiming around the an emphasis around the should that it should just migrate over fine and you won't even notice a difference. I'm not saying that's exactly how it's going to work, but that is what I am told it is going to do. So um, that could be happening within the next day. Uh, I don't really know yet, but the, the idea is that we are going to be migrating podcast hosts. It shouldn't affect you too much in case it does. Uh, just relook us up if you it stops updating. Cool? Cool. Uh, we want to cool. thank everybody for listening. Uh, we are live on Twitch right now. If you're listening uh, in the future, obviously that doesn't mean anything, but just know that we do record this live on Twitch if you are so interested in and listening. Then, and then you actually that. could chat with us. If Correct. You're really so you can engage. Um, we and might I'm also working. It, but... Correct. I'm also working on my stream setup, so I might stream again. Um, in fact, uh, I have like actually, a couple ideas. Yeah, Matt and I actually jumped on and played a little Overwatch the other day, streaming a little we bit. We did. That was a lot of fun. We streamed some uh, placement matches, and we didn't do terrible. So I think that's... We won four out of our five placement matches, so mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun to be able to do that and stream it. Yes, it was good. I had a good time. It's actually kind of gotten me back into Overwatch a little bit. Um, I've been playing a few matches basically every day. I was trying to explain to my partner Overwatch. She doesn't really play video games, but I like sent her the stream link when you were streaming and she like kind of tuned in. She's like, I have no idea what's happening. So I was trying to explain to her. <laughs> and so like, I'm always kind of like trying to think about like from a pedagogical standpoint, how can you teach somebody about video games? Uh, and because there's, there's very much a difference between 
teaching somebody how to watch video games and teaching somebody how to play video games. Obviously, if you know how to play video games, you're going to be better watching it. But I think there is actually an audience for people who want to watch professional video games, but don't necessarily want to play them. Right. And so I'm, I'm like always kind of thinking about like the difference between those two and how to get somebody involved in those things. Right. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I just gave, like, I feel like Austin actually just went into a seizure because of what I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) Something literally flew in my eyeball and I couldn't see. And now like, you know, I honestly, I honestly assume that you were doing that in response to Matt too. I'm just like, so like, (laughs) I know that you feel like sometimes I go off on tangents and I can just talk about anything. No, that actually was totally not part of that at all. Uh, Does anyone smell burnt burnt toast? Is that just me? Okay. Yes. So in addition, (laughs) no, I got the stroke joke. Uh, I make the burnt toast. I I did not. So, so there was one day I was at work. Um, when I was working in the theater that I used to work at and I was like standing in the hallway. Yes. I was standing in the hallway (laughs) and I like, actually like I looked at a, like my, one of my coworkers like, do you smell burnt toast? I think I'm having a stroke because I literally actually smelt burnt toast, but actually somebody was like in the shop. Even though we were working at the time, it was like a temporary employee and she was making toast she got yelled oh, at no. <laughs> but i was like i think i'm actually having stroke but no somebody was actually just making toast burning some toast that's good so on a totally unrelated tangent that i have to bring up <laughs> live on air with you two because you two are my margarita friends i've started right. making margaritas Heck i was yeah. talking to jason yeah, you were saying like you make the legit stuff, not just kind of like. You got so, the agave. Yeah. You got the so, triple sec. So I, so for me, like my cocktail journey, because I'm not going out to bars right now, like so I've been trying to make everything at home. So like <laughs> I started. Who with, is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Um, so yeah, so I started like making everything at home, starting with like stuff that like, I, like I really enjoyed and kind of working my way to like more difficult drinks. So like, I've got a decent old fashioned recipe now that I like to use. Um, you know, I've got, you know, the cranberry and vodka, the Cape Cotter as some might call it, um, is like one of my go-to drinks. There's some other stuff like, uh, I did a black Russian. What's your, what's your choice of vodka? Uh, absolute. Okay. It always I'm has been. The, I'm liking the Tito's these days. So good. Tito's is huge down here. Basically, every bar you go into has specials for Tito's. No, and it's, you call it Tito's and stuff. My sister yeah, says like, the same thing. I think it's just an East Coast thing, maybe because maybe so you walk in if you don't, if you say vodka in something, it's, it's not going to be Tito's. But if or yeah, but like you have to say Tito's and something. It's like say instead of saying rum and coke, you say Captain and Coke. It's yeah, insane. it's it's really interesting because yeah, I uh I never had Tito's before here, but every bar that's like their main go-to vodka. And talking like to some talking to some friends that are like really into making drinks and stuff and they're like Tito's is a garbage vodka. I'm not discounting your enjoyment of it. I'm just saying this is what they <laughs> told me. So I have steered away from it. However, um it's also a little more expensive. I've 
every single bottle of vodka I think I've ever bought is absolute. And I've just kind of always stuck with it because I enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of all of these things, kind of leading (laughs) into what I was going to say. So I've been working on different margarita recipes. So like this one right here is my second one of the day. Uh, Really simple. Um, Really simple margaritas, just tequila. I bought Patron because it was on sale. Uh, and it, it's a nice tequila. And I'm an 1800 guy. Sure. That's, that's fine. It was that's either going to be this or Jose Cuervo. So <laughs> oh, I went with Patron. Uh, and so, yeah. I feel so like Patron, you need it for tequila. I feel like it's worth paying a little bit more to get the better tequila. Because if you is. hit that bottom, it's like, ah. You know, this is the conversation I've had with people that like hate tequila, you know, like, so Matador is a tequila bar in Boise that I used to go to and I never really had good to like good tequila until I started going there because they have top shelf Tuesdays and you can buy a tequila. And if, as long as it's over like $20 or something, it's half price or maybe it's like 15, but anyway, so it's half price on like top shelf tequila. And that was kind of the moment that I like realized like tequila is better than the shots that I'm doing at fatties, you know, uh, which is like an inside thing for Boise. No, residents. No, it's, it's karma now. Right. Right. I know they changed. <laughs> they had to, I'd love to go in again, but anyways, so yeah, so I'm trying basically just tequila, um, orange liqueur. I didn't go with triple sec. I went with uh, Contrao, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, because basically the same thing. And then just lime juice. The three ingredients I'm putting in my margaritas, I know like sweet and sour is like a, a common mixer. Uh, it is strong. I'm like trying to kind of cut back the tequila taste a little bit. And I think it might actually be the lime juice that I'm trying to like cut back on. So I don't know. Um, it's been strong. I'm getting wasted. Cheers. <laughs> oh boy. Video games. Like a fun so, Video um, games. there's some out there. We've all been playing the last of us too. So, um, so I've got a couple of things to say first about the last of us too. Two weeks ago, we recorded this podcast. I have not touched the game since. I think that's the last time I played it. I know Jason's been playing it more. Austin finished it shortly after we recorded our podcast. Austin. Yeah, within within a few days. Yeah. Austin, in one sentence, tell me your thought on The Last of Us 2. And I literally mean in one sentence. It is a beautiful looking game that falls directly on its uh, face. Okay. Yeah. Great. So that's kind of what I was looking for. Um, If you are interested in Austin's full thoughts on The Last of Us 2, and we're not going to go into it here because, again, I'm not like, I don't want the game spoiled for me. I don't want the game spoiled for Jason. You haven't finished it, right? No, I haven't. Right. So I know, like, most people I know that have been playing this game have finished it by this point but uh since jason and i have not i don't want to go too far into it if you are interested in austin's full thoughts on it uh he has a video from super achievement game meme super platinum achievement super platinum achievement which is a youtube series 
that uh, Austin and his friend Mitch uh, started. Well, well, thanks. Thanks for the plug. I wasn't really. Thanks for the plug. I figured I would throw that in there. Uh, But yes. So if you're interested in uh, Austin's full thoughts before Jason and I finish it and get to it, I am assuming you can find that. I I didn't watch the video. Our, our review, we have, I think, the first seven minutes are spoiler-free, uh, at least like the best we could. And then after that, we kind of discuss what was the issues we had with the game. So, uh, I, yeah, we're checking out if you want to get my impression, because obviously I'm not going to say it here, so I don't want to spoil anything for Matt and Jason. But, you know, I have thoughts on the game. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it at the same time. So, yeah. I think which is, like, really interesting coming from, like, this group, because, you know, we've kind of bonded, bonded over, over last our of love of last of us uh and for i think a long that's time. why it hurt i think that's why it hurt me more than like other people uh is for that reason and it's just like it really it i don't know maybe goal, maybe i'll be more i'm being harsher on it than i maybe i should be but it, it you know it, i think i think maybe a lot of people are so i i mean i obviously it's hard to say where i am mm-hmm. but i think my goal is within the next week or so to just plow through it and get it done with. And I think when that happens, I want to like call in some other friends as well and really do like a full spoiler cast on this game, because I think it's one that even if it isn't at the end of the day, even if it isn't the greatest game in the world, I think that it's worth really talking about because it's made a huge splash and if anything it is really the last really big release of this console generation you know yeah, obviously I mean, Ghost got, of Tsushima came out, out uh, last week no it comes out tomorrow I thought it was already out I obviously I'm wrong <laughs> uh, I guess most of the most of the people I follow on Twitter that were talking about it are like game reviewers so that makes sense they already, yeah it comes <laughs> out tomorrow have. Right. And that's so, like, really the last last one. And but. I don't I don't even really yeah. feel like that's really in the same ballpark. Like The Last of Us 2 is one of those really special games that it kind of matches all of those major points. Like right. it's a huge franchise. It has a ton to live up for to and all of this stuff. So um, like I know my friend Jeremy, who is in chat right now, he finished the game and he has a ton of thoughts. And we like I know I really want to have that conversation with him because right. I'm really interested in what he's thinking, because he's not the last of us fanboy like we kind of were. Right, and so I'm really kind I'm of interested in seeing to, those I've things. Had, Where... I'm excited about this because I've had a few conversations with other friends uh, who similar feelings, similar like when they came through The Last of Us, the original, they loved it as well as we did, and yeah. so their impressions of it kind of differed a little bit than sounds like yours and your friend Austin. But so I'm interested. I need to beat it, but. Yeah, yeah I know a, about I know that a game lot of is yeah. getting in the right mentality. Oh, and that that and that was a, actually a big issue of ours in like when we did our review is like I couldn't actually continue to play the game. And when I beat it, I like I sat down on the Sunday and I think I just cranked out. I think it ended up being like 26 hours for me. No, 
Maybe it was something like that. I don't know. Or maybe more. It was a lot. I mean, that sounds like uh, it. And I, I, I think the last six hours, I forcibly made myself beat the game because I, and I was not enjoying myself. And that was kind of a really bad way for me to end the game uh, yeah. when I was just trying to get it. I just, I, cause I know I wanted to beat it and I, but the problem is like, I couldn't get the motivation to beat it. So I like, I just kind of forced myself to do it. Right. And, I don't know. And like, unfortunately, like, I don't want a game to end that way. And that's kind of maybe a reason why. And I know people have the same, I mean, you guys both struggled with like trying to keep playing the game uh, because there was just times where like, I don't want to play it anymore. And yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, so we were having an interesting conversation earlier today about like, are games too long at this point? Do we expect too much out of our AAA games? Do we ex- like, are they making them too long because as consumers, we forced their hand by coming out and saying, okay, they have to be 30 hours long to warrant the, the $60 price tag. Like, have we kind of forced their hand on this? And Jason Schreier, for example, like yeah. he wrote an article stating games are too long and i really am starting to believe that and i think like you know i think about a lot of the praise that we had when the witcher 3 came out the witcher 3 was a huge substantial amount of content and then the dlcs they released about it were basically games in themselves on top of this already existing game so here we are saying oh this is exactly what we need from our games obviously i'm comparing apples to oranges because an rpg is very different from a campaign based game but it, it, like we're saying we're doing all of this praise for these like studios that are pumping out these hundred hour games persona five for another example you know mm-hmm. and at the same time we're criticizing something like naughty dog for your games too long like you should have cut it but if they would have shortened the game by half, would we be sitting here right now complaining about that game being too short? So, at least for me, I think Last of Us 2 was actually the first style of like you know narrative story game where I actually did think it was too long. And I wouldn't say cut the game by half, but there's definitely parts in probably the latter half of the game that could have been shortened and are just done in a different way that weren't so, I mean, I hate to say tedious, but almost that's kind of what it felt like at times. So, I mean, I could have saw them. I feel like if these, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but like if they were cut down a little shorter, I think what they were trying to go for would have been more impactful because I feel like what they were trying to convey ends up getting lost in the hours that they added onto the game. Sure. Uh, so I, that's my, that's yeah. kind of my impersonation. I, I, I think if the game fell right about 20 hours, which would have been a slightly shorter, but longer than the first game, I think that would have been like probably the good, uh, mix there. I mean, the, you know, people are edging up to 30 hours in this game and, right. you know, that's hard and that, that's, it's hard to maintain someone's undivided attention on a game like this. I mean, it's not like a Skyrim or the Witcher where you kind of just zone out and just go explore and do stuff like this is pretty much just narrative non-stop and it's kind of you know you have to make sure it's 
always at peak and you know when it kind of starts right. to down there you, you get bored and so. again that's why like my comparison between like the rpg versus like the the single campaign is is a bad comparison because again like you know i can kind of zone out and i don't have to be fully engaged every single minute i'm playing skyrim uh mm-hmm. I have to be engaged every single minute I'm playing a game like The Last of Us. And I think like that's kind of where I draw the line. And I, I don't know. It's a very interesting divide and kind of an interesting point to look at. I think as the next generation comes out, we're like the first several games that come out for the next generation are really going to truly decide how we feel about this you know rumors are swirling right now that games are going to be more expensive yeah ten dollars more whatever you know ten dollars more so seventy dollars for a game that lasts 30 hours is nothing yeah well it's just yeah it's and but it it comes it's not always about just the hours it's the quality that's in those hours that really exactly i mean because you can have such an impactful game that only lasts a handful of hours uh that i you know i enjoy maybe more in four hours than i did in the game that's took me 20 it just depends on how well those hours are uh so yeah that can't be ignored because like it's easy to say games are too long but it's like if a game is 30 hours but it keeps your interest that whole time then it's not too long. Yeah. It just depends on the I quality think, in which they tell the story. I think that's but, the thing is the, the quality can't drop because I'd rather have a shorter game with a higher quality throughout than a longer game that they deliberately drug out to make you know the seventy dollar price point maybe more attractive. But then I don't enjoy myself as much, and then I feel like I was more of a waste than because I mean as it stands right now, I don't want to play Last of Us Two again. I don't think sure. I'm ever going to touch it. Like, literally, like, after the credits roll, it's like, New Game Plus is unlocked. You can play it all your stuff. And I'm, literally, all I think is Captain America, the end of Infin- uh, you know, Endgames. No, I don't think I will. And that's literally, <laughs> like, turned it off. And I don't think I'm ever going to turn that game back on. Which is sad, because I played the first one so many times. So... Yeah. See, and, yeah, and I, I think that's really interesting. So, so where, because... where's my value there? Uh, For me, like I could never go back and play the first of one, the first one again. Maybe I could like watch like a friend or a partner or something play mm-hmm. through it because of that like thing. But I think what The Last of Us One did really well was those kind of like really impactful hitting yeah. moments. And so playing them again, I just I don't really see the value in it period yeah and that's something i'm kind of similar to you in and the fact that the last of us one like i'm i loved it it was a fantastic game i played through it it was great mm-hmm. but uh, even though i sit there like i want to play it again i never played it again i started up maybe six seven times after that but i never played it again so that's not as important for me for a value i get this is a really complicated thing to talk about because you have a bunch of different people with a bunch of different ways they play the game if you give me a 30 hour game and i play through it once i'm done that's a perfect game for me you give someone else maybe a 10 hour game that they can play through 10 15 times and love it every time that's a perfect game for them so it's really 
a really complicated question to just have a definite games are too long or games are too short or any answer like that when there's so many different personalities. That's what I say. Like, it's, I think it goes down to the personal preference and how, you know, how they use the time that they used in the game. Like, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, and that, so that's going like, to be something we see. I think you're right. In this next generation, I think these first several games that come out are going to be really telling. It's like, are they going to be really pushing like way more gameplay? I mean, obviously for like RPGs and stuff like that, I can see that because they can probably cram so much more stuff in a world with these new consoles. But you know, is The Last of Us Three potentially going to be a 40-hour game? Because it can be, right? So, yeah. Question, question for the day, I guess. Sure, of deep course. thoughts, deep thoughts with Matt, Jason, and deep, Austin. yeah, <laughs> deep, deep thoughts deep with the Dry Spellcast. So, yeah, I don't know. So, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm again. It's a game that I will absolutely finish. Um, I will enjoy, but or I, I will see if I enjoy it. But I don't know. I, I think it's. Well, I'm. It's, I'm curious to see what both it's, you guys uh mm-hmm. think yeah, i like, it, i'm really it's, curious it's really interesting to kind of see like this super polarizing view uh for a game that you know i think collectively we all really really enjoyed uh the sequel or not the sequel the prequel too and for i sure. mean there's parts of this game i really enjoyed like so well and so that's like it's almost like it's upsetting that you know i hit parts that are probably higher in this game than i did in the first game but then i hit parts that are way lower so i don't know and like you're saying i know i don't think i ever got that really like big emotional like punch i got from the first game on this one at all um so that was kind of my issue i wonder how much of that is one they gave you a big emotional punch in the first two hours they sure and do two uh we were kind of expecting something right yeah because i think the emotional so. punch that they give you at the very end of the last of us one is something that you can't replicate in a lot of games or a lot no. of stories and so right. i'm like i'm curious if and again, this is this is all hypothetical. We can't really say, but would we judge this game very differently if the first one was different, you know? Would mm-hmm. this game have been, you know, a 10 out of 10 from every single review site if The Last of Us 1 wasn't as good as a, a lot of people thought? Probably not, because probably the expectations were too high, which probably didn't help. Uh, but, you know, the yeah, first one's always, obviously it's undeniably a masterpiece. You know, it's across the board one of the best games I think ever ever produced. And this game, I mean, it's so hard to live up to something like that. And, you know, uh, they tried really hard, and I know, like, they hit a lot of stuff that was really, really good. But, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like there's just so many more lows in this game that really to me just kind of drug it down and just it wasn't as overall as good as the first one for my in my opinion yeah and i i'll so, be curious but, you know at the end of the year so, you know like i think like for, the game of the year discussions when we like get around to them i think it's super telling discussion. like i will be really interested to see our thoughts and, on this and game maybe, and maybe this year. game will will actually age better over time um, I mean, maybe, you know, 
five months from now, I'll be like, actually, now that I've had it really time to, you know, after we've discussed it and stuff, maybe like I'll be like, ah, I kind of changed how I view the game, but, you know, I'd be curious to see. So you're still, okay. what, end of day two, right, Matt? Day two, Seattle, yeah. Okay, and Jason, have you gotten farther from what we talked last, or? Yeah, I'm sometime in, uh, I can't remember the day because there's so much going it on. It all, it all. It's hard to exactly say where without giving away something. Yeah, yeah maybe text me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm close to kind of jumping back in. I think the point where like I stopped, I might have played it maybe once after we talked. I don't really remember, but I feel like the point I stopped was kind of like a moment where I was like. This is this is really tense, and I don't really like. I'm not in the mental yeah, capability we, yeah. to really do this right now. You and I both really did the same thing after that one part. We're like, <laughs> eh, I'm just gonna turn it off now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I made it a little past that, but there, there's a certain point where like you run into both factions of enemies at the same time and i was just like oh, i yeah. just i honestly don't think that i have the ability to sit down and do this the way i want to do this right now and maybe if the world was in a different state i would feel differently but it just that it feels a bit too much for me right now yeah, that's a major factor right now <laughs> I, as much as I love the sound of, you know, slitting Gurgling. people's throats over and over and over. Oh, that's why you got to like, get the yeah. you got to get the quick you got to get the quick kill uh, for Ellie. So it's not instead of just it's like done. OK, perfect. <laughs> that's good better. to know. I will actually aim for that because I know that's in my like my skill tree. So trust me, get once you get that one, because then. You know, sneak attacks don't take thirty seconds to like finally put someone down. It's like on the ground. Okay, well now I feel like I can actually like properly sneak people and not have to like, oh, they're gonna see me as I'm slowly taking this person down. So, but yeah. So, Jason. (laughs) Yes. I think I think we should move on from the Last of Us Two. I think we've kind of set our piece for the time being. Again, I think once we all finish it, we should really sit down and have a really in-depth discussion about it. Now's not the time for for that. Um, Now it's time to dust off your Ghost of Tsushima pins from E3 like five years ago. (laughs) Not really. It was like, I think it's at least four, actually four almost. Something like that, yeah. Still have it. Patron is 40% alcohol. I <laughs> feel it. Oh, Jason. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so you put Final Fantasy 14 down on the There's list of reason. games you've been playing, and I know you've been playing oh, Final wow. Fantasy 14. Yeah. Why and do you the, feel the, like we need to talk about Final Fantasy 14? And I'm not saying this um, as like an asshole or as somebody right. who is like obviously at least halfway drunk right now <laughs> but we yeah have jason why 
<laughs> uh, the reason I put it down is because I've started playing it quite a bit again, and uh, I have finished another expansion, and I have finally entered the final expansion that is out right now. And um, I just want to say a little piece about that, because uh, the Stormblood expansion, it's been it was a lot of fun. It was really interesting, and like best story I had played so far... And then I finish it, and immediately the story keeps amping up a little bit more. And this game just, it surprised me with the uh, storytelling, especially from base game where it was kind of like, it was very forgettable. Heavensward, it got kind of interesting. You were into it. Stormblood, a lot more interesting. And now I'm only a couple hours into the last expansion, and I'm really invested in it. It's been a lot of fun, and it's... I, I, it still amazes me just how much content is in here. I understand it's an MMO, but at the same time, I'm over 300 hours into this game, and I'm still working through the story contents of this game. So it just it blows my mind just how much content they just packed into this game, where I don't feel like getting old yet. So I kind of want to say a piece on that just because entering that last stage... Maybe when I hit that end of this one, I'll shut up until the next one comes out and then, you know, start talking again. But for right I now, know. Austin talked about it. Modern Warfare for like 10 weeks in a row. So <laughs> it's literally what I would say today, but I, that's why there's nothing on there because right. I, 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 I kind of more. It has been. I kind of took a little I'm taking a break from games after Last of Us. I serious games i'll That's jump fair. in some war zone with some friends but i was like i can't dive into something right now i've been helping alexis play skyrim so that's been kind of my my uh what i've been doing i've been backseat skyriming for her now is alexis <laughs> she, playing she, it on pc on playstation no, she, on Switch? she's on, on, on she's the PS4. amazon echo right Yes, of course. She's yelling at the yelling at the wall. Uh, no, she's on PS4. Uh, the you okay. know the remake, the Legendary Edition, obviously. So I think she just broke or is really close to breaking 50 hours. So big wow, milestone. That's, that's a yeah. lot. She's oh, yeah. Uh, she yeah like you know slow start, but she's I think pretty addicted now. As much as she doesn't want to admit it back there, she uh, got mad at me because she's like I had a dream about Skyrim. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Like, uh, we all oh, have like, dreams welcome, about Skyrim. Welcome to 2011. Uh, just, I'm just saying, it's a, it, all it is, it's another form you know, of Bethesda's marketing. They're marketing to your to, dreams now. Welcome to 2011, 2013, 2015, yeah. 2016, 2017, 2019, 2022, 2023. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, because I, 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 made, I made that joke uh, you know, with GTA V releasing on the PS5. Uh, I was gonna make the you know waiting for the Xbox to open their their showcase next week with uh, Skyrim. <laughs> right. I can't wait. I can't I'll, wait, I'll wait until the next the announce. Wait. You know they have to somebody. So happen, right? since GTA Five is was on Sony's, we have we're we're definitely getting Skyrim because at this point right. they're, they're now competing to be the most released game uh i mean i think yeah. skyrim Correct. still has has gta by one or two but mm-hmm, they do uh but still i mean gta's you know they're, they're keeping up with them but skyrim's like ah fusro da uh yeah fusro da fusro da fusro na i don't know uh yeah warzone but you know that's just brainless activity that i've right. gotten 
pretty good at actually. So I need to get team is my problem. <laughs> no, I'll leave. I'll leave a game. I'll oh, leave man. a game. No joke with like ten plus kills, uh, and then my teammates have like one or two. What the heck? <laughs> I'm sorry. So, so people who can't see what's just happened on our uh, <laughs> on our outline, which is everybody. So I have the Charlie Kelly kitten mittens pitch macro to a key. Yeah. And I accidentally just hit that and threw our <laughs> our outline into a frenzy. Um, ignore yeah. that, please. But yeah, that's uh, my gaming experience these days. So, um, so, but Matt, so I've got a you, couple of games. You were playing a game that I downloaded and didn't cutting play edge. yet. So. I am on here. the cutting edge of video games. Let's talk about Oxenfree first. Uh, so I, Oxenfree, I, I think I, about. Yeah, I think I own probably eight or ten times in different bundles. I swear to God, <laughs> it's been in so many different bundles, I can't even keep track of them. Oxenfree is a, a game, it's a kind of side-scrolling-ish, story-driven game about a series of, like, uh, what is it? It's five friends. Yeah, that's right. No, six friends, sorry. Five. I don't know. It's a it's a collection of friends who Some go friends. to an island and encounter a spiritual or like supernatural kind of phenomenon and it throws them into kind of like a time loop weird crazy supernatural story. And so you make lots of decisions based on how you're going to talk to people and depending on how you talk to the different people and your different friends, you can have different outcomes with that person and stuff like that. The things I have to kind of highlight about Oxenfree is one, I think the story is really good. It was really enjoyable. It kept me engaged. Maybe the first 15 minutes are hard to get through, but once you hit that point, it really opens up. It becomes really enjoyable. And uh, once it's kind of starts creeping the creepy factor in, it really goes places. And the voice acting is fantastic. That's kind of like what you like when you go to their like Steam store page. That's what they tout is um, how good right <laughs> is how good uh, the voice acting is. What? Did you just pick right. this up in the last sale? Or I guess you just said you already had it in bundles. It's so. It's been in so many bundles. Uh, honestly, before you even buy it, let me double check because I probably have like 10 keys for this game. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, similar games. Night in the Woods. Right? I, I uh, yeah. It, and yeah. And so like I think like it is. It's very kind of like the side uh, platformer-ish, but not really platforming. Uh, game. I'm sure there's words for that, but I can't think of them right now. <laughs> it's it's really good. The sound is incredible. The music is fantastic. I think the writing is good. It does enough kind of like ham like ham-fisted teenage angst, but also enough like. I mean, right, you love your teenage angst stories. I do. I really do. I really, really do because I feel like an angsty teenager <laughs> most days. It, 
I, I actually forgot to ask about this, but uh, for the for Sony's conference when they showed off Goodbye Volcano High, mm-hmm. was that something you were like super like kind of excited for? I I wrote like uh, something about high school dinosaurs, and yeah. that that's kind of what my notes went. I I know okay. there's like a series behind it. I don't know enough about it. Okay, I so, figured like you of all people I know would that would be, like, be something I'm into. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because everyone, I think everyone was just like, what the heck was that? (laughs) So, I'm like, like, I I have a friend who would, uh, I think he'd like that game. I'm totally interested. Don't get me (laughs) wrong. So, yeah, so finishing up on Oxenfree, uh, I like the art style. I think the choices are good. There's a couple of times that it kind of like sat back and was like, all right, I've got to make this choice. I'm very obviously this is going to affect the end game. So on and so forth. I thought it was a really good game. Uh, I started playing it a second time because it leads into a second playthrough really super well. And I'm really interested because it seems like through your subsequent playthroughs, they change things based Mm. on the outcome of your first playthrough. And I thought that that was really super interesting And I think the story lends itself to that really well. Obviously being based in time loops and stuff like that, they, they have kind of like an ability to do that. I really like the game. It's several years old now, but I I really highly suggest it. Yeah. Like I really do suggest it again. It seems like it's in a million bundles every year. So if, if you own it, give it a shot uh it's it's really interesting and the music and sound design alone are really worth it so i might have to try it again i i remember three four years ago whenever i started mm-hmm. playing it and i think i had a save file issue and so i never got back into it you are but my I do remember one really friend it. you're my one friend that had played it before i had so right yeah, I, I really do recommend it. I think you should give it a shot. I think it's really good. So that's kind of my like thought on Oxenfree. They, the same studio, Night School, uh, just released After Party, I want to say. It's the, the game about the, the couple who gets sent to hell. And yeah, that's what it, that's right. Like with the devil and stuff. Uh, so I like I really want to play that game now because of that. I wanted to play right. that game before, but now that I've made that connection and I have experience with the studio, I'm like, yes, like I I really really want to try this game. Other than that, uh, we need to talk about Hyperscape a little bit. So I played yeah. the technical test of Hyperscape, which was Ubisoft's like surprise drop battle royale is this still like online or is it so the the, actual game is out or the beta is open now the open beta is out so you can download it on your play right now uh prior to that you had to get a twitch drop which seemed to happen a lot quicker for me than the valorant twitch drop but uh yeah so i well, played it probably, probably would have helped if you paid 95 dollars on for valorant it probably would have helped eh. Eh. so 
Dig, Hyperscape. Dig about it. Let's talk about Hyperscape. Yes. It's, it's, if Apex Legends made another game. That's pretty much how I feel about it. If like playing it, I very much felt like, okay, this is, this is Ubisoft seeing what EA, which was EA did right. Apex. Yeah. What EA had done right with their battle Royale and made a game off of it. And it's, it's very similar it's very fast paced, very movement heavy. It's, you know, the ping system exists. Uh, and the things that it does differently, I think we kind of need to highlight. So first of all, what I like about the game is it increased verticality is a thing. So it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to like get into this building and then I'm going to explore all the building, like all the floors on this building as quickly as I can. And then kind of go out in the streets and fight. And I think that that's kind of what the game has going for. The downside to that is it feels like a lot of the areas are kind of like cut and paste. And it's hard to tell the difference between the different areas because it's all like, okay, I'm going to go in this building and this building seems like every other building I've been in. Right. And it feels like that over and over and over. It's kind of like if Barcelona, you know, with their little city square like map had a battle Royale going on. That's kind of like my thought when I was playing this game, I think there's a lot of really cool ideas For example, when you pick up a weapon, instead of it having like a gold or a purple or a blue or whatever, like Apex, you pick up a weapon uh, in, in certain circumstances, you do pick up a fully upgraded weapon, but you basically pick up this weapon that is at its lowest level. As you encounter that weapon more in the map you fuse that second weapon to the weapon Mm. you have and that upgrades the weapon that exists in your inventory okay that's kind of cool yeah that's actually a nice nice feature because you know a game like apex you're you're trying to look for like one attachment the entire game it feels like uh so that kind of eliminates that problem yeah so like a lot of like a lot of the weapons you pick up it's like your first upgrade is a larger magazine and so you literally just walk up, you fuse it, and there it is. Uh, and so you have that. And you, know, like you build on top of it. Uh, and there are occasions where you land in like really hot spots where you can pick up like a fully upgraded gold weapon. But in my experience, that's fairly rare. They kind of reserve that to like, okay, we're going to tell you this is a hot spot to drop in. And just so FYI, similar, there's going to be a million. But Apex yeah, did. but for the rest of the map, it's just like, okay, these are very bare bones weapons and you have to fuse as you go. So their character picks up hacks as they go. And these hacks are different abilities. So it's kind of luck based in terms of what abilities versus like Apex Legends, where it's tied to the character. This is, it doesn't matter what character you pick. 
it's tied to what you find in the world. Some of them are really interesting. You know, some of them are very basic, like, okay, this is like a health like regen. So it's an AOE effect for you and your teammates. And as you fuse more hacks to it, it increases how much it heals or like the how wide it is and so on. There's an armor that's very similar. There's an invisibility that as you fuse more invisibilities together, your invisibility lasts longer. Uh, and then there's really interesting kind of out there hacks. And this is where I hope they go really far pushing the envelope with this game. So like one of the ha- one of the hacks is basically a hamster ball. It's an yes. armored hamster ball that you roll that. around in and bounce around right. in. It's really interesting. And the more that they can kind of push those really kind of interesting hacks, I think the better that this game is going to be. The less safe they are with the, these yeah. like power-ups and stuff, I think is really what this game has going for it. Because otherwise, it's really, it's just, it's a battle royale. You land, you shoot, you die, whatever. Um, If they land into kind of the things that make it special, like the hacks, I'm all about it. Granted, one of the cool things that they do is when you die, you don't, you're not automatically out of the game. They kind of incorporated the, the Modern Warfare thing where you can regen. I guess, uh... Apex does this too, right? But you just kind of like turn into a ghost uh, version of yourself and you go to a dead enemy's body and that's a respawn point. Interesting. So it creates respawn points as your teammates or as other enemy teams kill other enemy teams. So you can go and you can call for a respawn. Your teammate can come up and respawn you on a dead enemy's body. I think that that's really neat. And because so right, because the whole idea is like you're playing as someone in a VR game, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of yeah. Cool. And I, like that. I that's think like kind of cool feature. Yeah, and I think that's really awesome. And in addition, when you're kind when you're a ghost, you can't do anything. You can't break windows, which like get you into buildings or anything like that. But you can ping enemies for your teammates. So you're so, still running around, you're just not really doing yeah, anything. Correct. Okay, so so if you keeps get you, keeps you engaged when you die, that's good. Right. So for like me, I spent a lot of time like I would look around and see like, okay, the the nearest respawn point for me that's available is 400 meters. So I'm going to wait for my teammate to kill a couple people. And so I'm going to ping while I wait for us to get to another respawn point. And that kept me really engaged. I really like that part. The more they can lean into those things, the better this game is going to be. Otherwise, I don't think it's super special. Again, it's it's a battle royale. It feels the same. I really want to try the beta because, again, I haven't played since the technical test where everything ran super well and everything. So is it, I don't know. Is it three? Is it three people squads? Four it person is. squads? And okay. like when I started the test, like there was a, a single like 99 single person just free for all. That was insane. And I think that's in the beta, so I'm interested. They pulled that at some point from the test, but uh, I'm interested to see how that goes. And 
like I think my main criticisms are one, I feel like, yeah, it's it's another battle royale. It feels like that. Two, the areas really don't feel like different enough from each other. That that was what I and, picked up on the trailers. Everything's like city, right? There's no yes. different kind of yeah. like city than open area and like whatever. Because right. PUBG did such a good job of having a diverse map. Warzone, I think, does a pretty good job having a diverse map. Uh, so yeah, okay. Yeah, or that was basically urban. my my main thing that I came out of this is right. I feel like like a lot of it is really safe. I really want them to go all out on the things that they're going all out on. The hacks, the you know, the Twitch like community voting things mm-hmm. like you like yeah. you can vote for a oh, a zero gravity event or a health kit event and like all these things really lean into that stuff because that's what makes it special. And I think that that's really what sets it out to be different from every other battle Royale that's on the market. So I'm really hoping that they lean into that. And from kind of what I've seen, it feels like they know that and they want to do that. And so I really appreciate that. And yeah, I've, I've been enjoying the time with it. Um, and so I really want to play it again. I redownloaded the beta today, so I'm probably going to spend some time with it. Every encounter I had with players in this game so far has been positive. I haven't had really any negativity, which is a huge plus. So, yeah, I mean, I, the way Ubisoft supports their games I'm not surprised. Community building is their thing. Yeah. If you're looking for like a team that really builds their community and supports it long term, I would go, you know, you know, like Warframe and Ubisoft. So I, I am really impressed so far. Um, I'm, I really just need more time with it. (laughs) Yeah, and at a more the, uh, release date. Update and play. Yeah, I I'm, I want to try it too. Yeah, so. it's a good time. Maybe I'll get that um, set I, up after this. Yeah, I have yet to play it with a friend. I've really only played it with randos, so I'm interested in that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I love that. Uh, I'm just kidding. We're here. We're here for you. We're all here. We're all here for each other. So yeah, uh, those are kind of the games that I've like spent like a decent amount of time with. The other thing that I would say is uh, American Truck Simulator released their Idaho DLC today or yesterday. So I bought the, the Pacific Northwest uh, bundle, which is Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. I have not made it to Idaho yet, so I am working my way up there, doing deliveries on my way. I will likely hit Idaho tonight, and I'm really excited because the screenshots I've seen are like, I, like, I look at them, I'm like, all right, yeah, that's Front Street. That's, that's the river I mean, wall. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to need some screenshots from you, Matt. What yeah, going? Uh, oh, I'm back in back in Boise. This is something I might actually stream just because of like inherently what it, what it is. But sure. yeah, I mean Fine. that, and you know, added like, you know, you drive awesome. past the Boise State Field, and I'm like, yeah, like I used to drive this all the time, so I'm really <laughs> interested. On a side note, on a game very like I saw this today, so Microsoft's Flight Simulator, uh, for ten because of ten discs. Oh Nuts. my gosh, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> How big is this game? Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Moving on. 
So one of my friends, uh, hi Jim. He has been playing uh, like a flight simulator. So he bought like a joystick, and I don't think he bought the throttle, but he bought at least a joystick. I have been considering that because I really want to play a flight simulator. All right. Uh, and I, at the I same do time, want to point out, just yeah. for uh, we have a few questions over here in chat. The chat. Oh. Asking if Truck Simulator is multiplayer, and I took a look. It is single player. So it is single Sorry player. You that. can like you can create a world of trucks. Is there like social space? You can create different routes and stuff, but it's not like a a racing game at all. Right. But yeah, I mean it's 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 a really good just chill listen to lo-fi and drive some truck i feel like I to, with uh, my increased desk base i would totally be down to like buy the racing wheel and just kind of chill and pedal along because you know i play it on controller because it's what i have and it's it's not great on controller like i hold my controller really weird when i'm playing this game so i can signal and stuff like that but it's good. Um, I enjoy it. It's I'm sure a good the game's great. It just sounds. It just sounds like something I don't need to do. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds sure. really relaxing, which I think it's called. Be that's called that. real life simulator for me. So it is. It is. I mean, so, it's a sim. It's a sim game. So who would have thought that Stardew Valley would have done well too? I love Stardew Valley. Exactly. See? So maybe you would love this. Uh, this is more work I than just, Stardew Valley is, I but I just. <laughs> but, but this that is actually my work. So it you know true you would do make deliveries so (laughs) that's what i was getting at i don't want to drive and then come home and start driving some more on my Uh, computer speaking of austin's work death stranding is on pc i've got some friends playing it i will talk to them to kind of see their thoughts on it uh i like the specifically the one friend that i've been talking to about it really liked it when he played it on playstation so I'm interested to see the difference between the PlayStation and the PC version. But well, it looks like it's got hear, it very positive has... reviews on Steam. So, and from what I hear, it actually has a really cool integration of multiplayer. It's just people don't enjoy the game around it, so it's kind of a weird thing. So, yeah. <laughs> that was that's literally what I've been saying from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to a couple news stories before we get out of here for the day. Uh, these are big news stories, uh, big-ish, and so it feels like since we've been talking about Ubisoft, I think it's worth mentioning uh, the kind of the news surrounding Ubisoft right now. Uh, Ubisoft had a series of really high-profile harassment uh, allegations against people that are like high in the company or the company. So there's been a major shift on some really key major parts, uh, uh, of key parts, uh, <laughs> for people from people at the higher up positions in Ubisoft, such as Sergey Hasquet, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm sorry if I pronounce it wrong. I'm terrible. It's basically the CCO who is kind of the right-hand man to Yves at Ubisoft. They Yves. let them go. 
They let the global head of HR go and the managing director of Ubisoft Canada. Huge names uh, that were really brought to light over the past month, which has seen a really big ousting in a lot of different circles uh, inside the gaming industry about harassment. And not just like, not just harassment, but like sexual and sexual assault. And it's been, it's been a tough month to like, basically it seems like every time like I open Twitter or like Reddit or something, there's something major going on. You know, Evo was canceled because literally the leader of Evo had some high profile harassment cases brought against him. It's, it's been wild Dota had a bunch of stuff and i think like ubisoft is just kind of the most recent one of that we've been talking about this since we started the podcast yeah uh we still don't know what happened with dr disrespect it's been weeks (laughs) we still don't know why he was banned but other people (laughs) but yeah other people but he like i think like yeah like he got banned from twitch we don't know why uh, uh, people aren't saying necessarily that it's harassment based. Like there's a rumor floating around that he was trying to start in like a new streaming service with some high profile streamers. And so Twitch was like, nah, yanking your contract, which, you know, they obviously they have every right to do. Right. It's been well, interesting. With Mixer, with Mixer rumors. Yeah. With Mixer shut and down. It makes sense. Mixer is shut down. And so Ninja is streaming on YouTube again. Back where we started. Uh, it's been really interesting. I well, I think Ninja started on Twitch, but did he? No. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I don't know. I don't know. He's been around long enough. I could see him having a, like a YouTube career before the Twitch thing. But in terms of like sexual harassment and stuff, uh, again, it's just kind of cleaning house and mm-hmm. like really proving to a lot of companies like. This isn't okay. Like HR, you should be handling this better than you're handling it in terms of like Ubisoft, you know, like the global head of HR got removed because they proved that they weren't taking this stuff seriously enough. And I think uh, there's a lot of stuff you can say about HR that I don't really feel like this is like a good time to talk about, but it's something to really watch. And it was really interesting because Ubisoft removed these high profile people days before their, their Uplay or their Ubisoft forward, which is supposed to talk about their big games. And so they got out on Twitter and it's like, Hey, FYI, some of the things and the people we're going to talk about uh, don't exist at this company anymore. Uh, And so FYI, know that going into this. They announced a couple of things. We knew Watch Dogs Legions. They were going to show a bunch of it. Like they were going to show more about it. I'm still super interested into that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I liked Watch Dogs 2 a lot. Yeah, that was like one of your favorite games. Yeah, like I really, really enjoyed that game. So I'm really interested to see what they bring to Legion. I like what they're showing off about it. And it so, looks really, yeah. really cool. It looks I really cool. A few previews from uh, some people on YouTube who got early looks at it and 
everything that I see seems really interesting, really open and really creative in how you can handle things. So it'll be yeah. a game to be watching. It seemed to me like they took the things that were really good about Watch Dogs 2 and ran with it, which is exactly what I want them to do. Because yeah. there were certain things I didn't like about Watch Dogs 2, but it seems like the things I really liked about it, they buckled down on and were like, hey, this is this is what this new game is going to be. I think for me to really enjoy this game, they really have to lay into the story and they really have to lay into like not trying to make excuses about what they're presenting. Uh, because I think like that's that's kind of been the criticism around Ubisoft for a long time. Look at their Far Cry games, right? Far Cry 5 was like, okay, we're going to really talk about this redneck religious cult that's held up in Montana. But don't worry, it's not a political game. We are apolitical as a company. And it's like, no, make your fucking statement, guys. Really go for it. And I think Watch Dogs Legion can fall into that. So I really hope if they're making a statement, they buckle down on it and really, really make it. And again, they announced Far Cry 6 in this game or in this uh, presentation, right? Far Cry 6, it seems like it's kind of built around like maybe some cartel work, kind of what's happening in, uh, you know, some of those countries where ruthless dictators or maybe not even ruthless, el, but kind of like El Presidente. El Presidente. Yes, El Presidente is controlling and stuff like that. Giancarlo, man, didn't that look exactly like him? Yes. I was blown away. <laughs> how, like, the, I mean, obviously, if we're going to get to that point with these new, maybe the new generation coming right. up, but like, I know it's a rendered cutscene and stuff, but I literally, like, you would think if you just took a screenshot, you could be like, oh, this is just a picture of him. And like, no, it's not. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, for sure. It is taking place in the fictional Caribbean island of Yara, inspired by Cuba. So, Cuba. Sure. So, yeah, they're going back to their, like, you know, island roots on Far Cry there. Going back sure. to something. Whatever that means. But yeah, like as long as they really lean into that and like are unapologetic about it, I'm totally about it. It's when they're like, oh, hey, words, don't worry. This isn't about real life. This isn't about real people. It's like, come on, guys. It's very obvious the like what you're doing here. Really go for it. Uh, and again, they, they showed off more of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Very similar thing. Very similar. It's like when they when they were making the first Assassin's Creeds, they were like, hey, like this talks about some really hefty subjects about our past and our history. Uh, this was made by a multicultural team with multi-faiths and like all this stuff, just FYI. And it seems like as they've gone, they've kind of been like, we don't want to ruffle any feathers. We don't want to make this a big deal. And so I like, I really want them to really, really go for it. What are you guys' thoughts on what you've seen so far of Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Because out of all the games they talked about between it, Watch Dogs, Hyperscape, Far Cry, and Valhalla, it seems like they spent the most time on Valhalla as a game. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, 
JC Especially with J- like with um, Austin cause... being our resident uh, Assassin's Creed. I, 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 could, I could I could take this away right. real fast. So if you want to get um, in there, yeah, I can talk real quick. Uh, so I haven't been a fan of Assassin's Creed for a while since probably um, I think it was Brotherhood. It was the last one I really enjoyed. Um, I watched the uh, trailers and everything. It looks interesting. It looks like. Uh, but at the same time, it still feels very Assassin's Creed to me. And at some point, that just kind of lost all interest to me. It it might be the stories in some of them did not quite live up to what I was hoping for. Uh, it might be the fact that we have Vikings and they're using all these Assassin stuff. And it just doesn't feel like a great fit for me. But... Uh, I know people love it. I know people are going to be really interested in this game. But for me, I'm just kind of like... Prove to me that it's going to be worth it. Because they have failed to do that for me for a very long time. So, I so, see where Jason's coming from. Uh, uh, before you hit that, I just want to like... I just, just, just get it out there. Like, I haven't played since Assassin's Creed 2. And I know I've talked about this on our podcast in the past... It looks like like when I think Assassin's Creed, I think of like Assassin's Creed 2. It's obviously a very different game than it was back then. And honestly, I was sitting there and I was watching this footage and I had to go look up to make sure Ubisoft had not bought the studio that did uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War. Because that's what it looked like to me. I could see that. I can see that, but it's like, so what this looked like is the last couple Assassin's Creed, which have been more of the open world exploration. Uh, you know, I did never did play Odyssey. Uh, I I mean, I've been meaning to, I just never picked it up. And I know it's such a big game that it's actually kind of almost, back to our argument, it's almost too big of a game to play. Uh, Origins was almost that way. So they even said this one's even smaller than Origins, which I'm thankful for. Uh it actually reminded me most of Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, I think, is where I was getting the most stuff. Getting your ship, you kind of go around, and you can kind of go wherever you want. You can just dock up on something, fight, and then... But there's obviously new features where you can kind of take over a settlement, because that's what you're doing as a Viking. Uh, you know, that, that was the whole point of why they were going to England. was, you know, they weren't trying to invade. They are just trying to find farmlands. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of, you know, that's... What they're showing there is pretty true to form, which I like. And, you know, I like how this one, they're actually like, yeah, we're kind of ramping up the violence. It's going to be a little more brutal because, you know, that's how they fought. They're, you know, they showed off actual, like, dismemberments and stuff. Because Assassin's Creed's always never crossed that line up until this point. Uh, you couldn't, you know, cut off arms or heads or something. So they, they finally went there, which, you know, some people might not like and whatnot. But for me, this game looks like, I mean, a lot of fun to me. Like, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, you know, I've always loved Assassin's Creed games. I mean, obviously, the first up through Revelations were really good. Uh, Unity sucked, and so did Syndicate. Uh, but so, but all the ones in between there, I think, were all pretty good. And you know, they've kind of you know got this resurgence with the RPG element, and they've done a really good job with that. I'm curious to see how it lies with the Assassin's Creed title, like Jason was saying. How does the assassins end up in you know? the scandinavian area because you know obviously the first game set in the middle east then we're then you know we're rome italy and you know kind of all over the place so you know 
I'm interested to see. I'm really excited for it. I'm going to get it. Uh, so I guess I can let you guys know my opinions then. And that did get a release date, right? Of November 14th, I want to say. It, it got a release date. I didn't make a note of it. I mean, I think I it's in my notes, but they're behind me. I think it was, I think it was November 14th, which I th- is interesting because that's, you know, is that going to come out right when the new consoles come out? That's kind of what I'm thinking with that of the date like that. So, obviously, it's going to be a dual release. They've already announced it's going to come to current gen and as well as next gen. So, uh, I'm debating if I get it on PlayStation Five or just get my computer. So, unless it's not on computer right away. So, uh, November seventeenth. So, seventeenth. Okay. Uh, FYI, I googled Valhalla, and there is a. Valhalla restaurant in Valhalla Bakery in Orlando. All right. There's there's a bar named Valhalla in Pullman, Washington that has the best Long Island iced teas. More you know. How do you how do you not make a good Long Island? It's literally just as many liquors as you can, like just kind of jerked <laughs> off into a bowl. And I don't know. Like, the yeah, ones up I'm there drink this as fast as I can. The ones and up I'm there are black out. Still- still the best i've had so yeah <laughs> ac valhalla you know vikings and norse it's just so hot right now so ac valhalla is going to be the long island iced tea of this assassin's creed all these different shots poured into the one game there we go correct topped off with a little little cola yeah uh i don't know if that wraps up our ubisoft news I think so. I mean, so the, yeah. I, the forward I thought was fine. They presented a few games. Well, they it sounds like they're going to have another much. one. They like said they're going to have another like one. month or something. Yeah. So I, they said more like uh, follow-ups on games, and I think they said more announcements. So, I mean, we okay. didn't see Beyond Good and Evil 2. We didn't see Skull and Bones. Uh, I know they in the, pre, <laughs> in the pre-show, they kind of did show off the new Tom Clancy's quarantine I- game. Uh, I do want to say, actually, I heard news today about Skull and Bones, and before they even released it, they plan on it being, they are rebooting it to have more of a live model again to games that are coming out now. So they've changed their mind on how they're going to go. Yeah, they definitely have a lot more stuff. Uh, you know, like I said, we just got those, at least those three in my mind, but you know, Ubisoft's working on a ton of stuff. Always. They have Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which is Mobile Siege with Sam Fisher, because that's the Splinter Cell game we all wanted. And uh, I will hold this up to the camera. I don't know if this is going to work, but my notes, like one of my main takeaways is Phil Spencer is on everything because he is literally in every single <laughs> prep conference. Now that he's working from home and they're just like, hey, can we record you uh, for a few minutes over Zoom? He's like, sure, I will be on everything. <laughs> he was on Devolver's thing. Really? I watched it. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. He's on everything. I swear to God, not a week goes by that I don't see Phil Spencer. I see Phil Spencer more yeah. now than like in the really heyday of Xbox. And I, I guess that kind of makes sense because, you know, a new console's coming out. So he's got to get out there and be like, hey, guys, right. come buy the Xbox, the Xbox Series <laughs> X and not the Xbox One X or the Xbox One S because we're not making them anymore. Uh, the Xbox One S Digital and the Xbox One X are officially not being made anymore. Yeah, I, well, I, I heard I heard the One S did not sell well. Uh, 
I'm the One the X, X Digital. Yeah. Did not sell well. I'm assuming the One X did, probably didn't either if they're already discontinuing it. I mean, I think, I think like getting ready for the next console, honestly. Yeah, they're yeah. they're they don't want their it like, was, their platform was, to be too, too claustrophobic. It was, it's like it was almost too late for them to release a console like that. Six yeah. teraflops, more like, or are these teraflops. <laughs> All the flops. Like they're trying to uh, create more of that separation. So, like, if you want to get the uh, more powerful thing, they don't want you to go for the in between. They're like, you get Correct. all, or you go way back. So they kind of give you that reason to go for the Xbox the One series. I can't so, remember what it's right. Called. So you get the you either get the <laughs> Xbox One S, which is going to play your basic Xbox One games. Or you need to get the Xbox Series X, which is the new console. That's kind of like right. what they're forcing us into. Sure, whatever. And it, um, it makes sense. Like, I'm not going to argue with it. Like, you don't want to have that much confusion when it comes to getting a new no. console. I'm already, I'm already confused because they have to keep calling it some weird new... They can't just call it the Xbox 5. Like, come on, let's just... No, and I agree. Like they're they're definitely putting themselves into a position where they have to make these really big distinctions because the names are so convoluted that because <laughs> there's the, yeah the Xbox One X or the mom, Xbox Series X. What you know when mom goes to buy this console uh, in GameStop in her you know her gas mask and bug out bag. She's not going to know the difference. She's going to want to get out of right. there as fast as she can before she becomes infected with the coronavirus and becomes a zombie in the next Last of Us. I mean, like these are things that you have to think about in this world. So, I mean, that is actually the start of the new Fallout TV series, which correct, my, which my will life. lead directely into the Last of Us TV series. Yes. That's my little bit story through in here. Uh, so Amazon <laughs> is producing a Fallout television series, which I'm actually pretty excited about because I think it could be. I can't think, I think of a. I can't I think, think Fallout... of a series that I want a TV series on more than <laughs> Fallout. Yeah, Witcher worked out. So. But Did it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Did it? The, the Witcher had a story. <sighs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. just, I don't know how much of a fit it'll be but uh i'm excited i mean but there's so much good stories in fallout hi jim uh that uh, jim yeah, is austin's dog <laughs> audio people um uh, yes he's whispering in maybe not uh but Fallout, I, there's so many things like with all the different faults and stuff i feel like there's so much uh content they can do here so i'm kind of kind of excited and amazon does a really good job on their tv series i mean they don't really Sure, I mean, okay. Nuclear war story. War. Go for it. You know, war. I could see it working well if they did a a, a black mirror type thing where each uh, story is its own separate idea within the Fallout universe. But I don't see a cohesive narrative. You gotta have the Lone Wanderer, man. That's Fallout for you. You've gotta. You've gotta protect those settlements. I'm done. Yeah, I guess another gonna be all, help. It's <laughs> all gonna be about base building. It's just Preston Harvey kicking in the door. Another settlement. <laughs> uh, so Discord broke for Austin. It did, and that's okay. It, it broke. 
Yeah, you screamed so loud, like it doesn't work anymore. Oh, you pulled out your cable. Fantastic. Oh my so, gosh. Before we get Austin back, time. I have back. to present I'm this back. question for you guys. Okay. You work for Amazon. Um, God rest your soul. You are a producer, and they present you a Fallout. Uh, uh, a, a, like a script for a fallout movie or series. Who do you look at your casting supervisor and say, I want to play Preston Harvey go. Like who's going to play Preston, Preston Garvey Harvey was the name. I Whatever. think it's Garvey, right? With was Garvey? Uh, who would play him? Denzel Washington. I'm just kidding. I don't know. See, I'm totally down with that. Uh, I think <laughs> you absolutely 100% have to go with. I'm blanking on his name. Oh my God. Oh my God. Hold on. Hold on. You know who I'm talking about. What's he from? I'm sick and tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Oh, Samuel, oh, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. So you've got to get Samuel L. Jackson. First of all, Samuel L. Jackson has proven to us he will sign on to just about any project. Second of all, he's the highest paid actor of like the history of the world. Third of all, I just want him to be like that guy. Like I'm trying to make our podcast more family friendly. I really am. But if you get Samuel L. Jackson to play this guy, he can be like An, uh, another fucking settlement. He needs your fucking help, motherfucker. Like, like how good is that? Good begin. I, I'd watch it. That's all you need. Yeah. And so, so chat right now is like, oh, like Samuel L. Jackson is going to like cost too much, but I don't care. I'm Amazon. <laughs> I will I will cut off they can afford Bezos' yeah, little you're, you're, toe and pay for this. I mean, you realize they're making the highest produced show at the moment right now. So with the new Lord of the Rings thing they're doing. So I think they're fine. <laughs> yeah, it's. They, who else would you? Who else would you hire? It, they can. So, like, I feel like with the the Witcher series, they really lucked out with Cavill, right? Like, I think like he kind of became like the nerdy guy that everybody wanted him to be. And mm, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, like he is, he's really going for it. You know, like I saw him on Reddit. He's building a PC. Like yeah, he's really today. playing into Good. this. Yeah, like. No, he Who, was a gamer like, before this, though. Like he, right. he was—he almost missed his call to be Superman because he was in a World of Warcraft raid, and no one let his, <laughs> leave his teammates. And they're like, "Answer the phone! What are you doing?" <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. Like, who do you like? Who do you hire to really like knock it out of the park? I think that's one of the successes that the Witcher TV show did really well because I don't think the story was great. Like, I don't think like you know everything was great about like the writing or anything. But what they nailed was the casting. I think the casting in that show was fantastic. I like when I think Yennefer, I think the actress that they got is for Yennefer. When I think the Witcher, I really think of Cavill as the Witcher. Like, I really think they did really, really super well with these characters. So who can they hire think, for the think, Fallout I think series? Tris, I think Triss was horribly miscast, but that was just me. 
Um, I don't even, so I might agree because I don't even really remember who she was. Well, yeah, she was, I think, probably miscast and then, like, was even, like, hardly in it. Like, Which uh, may happen and she may come back. Like, obviously, she's going to come back with the season two or whatever. But, I mean, who uh, who do you really get? Unknown people, probably, because Amazon can find whoever they want. Because they already know who everyone is, so they can be like, yeah, we'll find Billy Bob Joe on this street corner because Amazon Alexa records everything he says, so... Well, I mean, you look at The Witcher and, like, there were these main characters that you absolutely, you had to get and you had to make it right. Like. Sure. And you look at, uh, oh, the other the show we were talking about, I forgot. Fallout. But regardless, what I, uh, Fallout, what characters do you have to get? Like, we're talking Preston, uh, Harvey right now and, like. You don't need him like that. Yeah, he's no. You're right. I'm, I'm making that more of a joke. It's gonna sure. be yeah. complete. It's gonna be characters we've never seen before in any Fallout series ever. Yeah, I bet that's the way they're gonna do it. It's gonna be a vault opening, probably in like Texas or something like that, in a setting we've never seen in a video game or Fallout series. So yeah, which is fine. Again, the stories behind the Fallout are like more circumstantial than like the actual storyline they present. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, you know, I think, uh, I just think like, if you're going to make a video okay. game series like this, you really have to knock it out of the park on casting or people are going to hate it because you got to bring in those other yeah. people, like not just the gamers, right? You got to bring in, right. bring in the other people who want to watch it because fallout isn't a name that carries a ton of weight. It carries a ton right. of weight for us as people who've been playing fallout games for a decade or more. Yeah. Yes. So Sorry, I think really like hungry, the, so can't, can't focus. Okay. Well, I'm drunk, so and I can focus, so get over it. Come on, guys. I'm not hungry and I'm not drunk, so I'm okay. Yeah, because you cook food. We delayed the start of our podcast so you could cook food. <laughs> we did. Jason. Hey. I had to clean up. That was the thing. I I had to commit ants uh genocide because they took over a corner of my house. And uh that Fair. that was why I was delayed. <laughs> Fair. Okay, so <laughs> Halo 3 in the Master Chief Collection came out recently, uh, and I think that this, uh, kind of this for me, ends the Halo saga. I know there's more Halo games, but um, <laughs> like for me, this was, like, is a big moment. I haven't played it yet. I think Halo 3 is probably my favorite out of all of them, uh, even though I probably have more time in the original Halo. So I'm a lot of people I, are excited about this one. I mean, Halo three was so good. It was a yeah. very, very Finish. solid, good game. Finish the fight. Finish that fight. Uh, otherwise the games, you know, obviously death stranding came out for PC. We talked about that a little bit earlier and, uh, Tomorrow we have Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario, the the Origami King. Obviously, by the time like you're listening to this podcast, these games have already been out, um, at least for a day or more. So uh, I I 
I know like the kind of critical reception I've seen around the origami King is kind of mixed. Mm -hmm. Like it's better than some of the other paper Mario games, but it's not quite the game we were really hoping for. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't think that I have enough experience in the paper Mario universe to really make a good critical call on the game. So We'll see. We'll see what it's like. I know Jason has yeah. played the Paper Mario games, so he, I'm sure he'll have some more kind of thoughts on it as time goes by. Because sure. I'm assuming you're going to pick up this game. Yeah, I plan on it. So other than that, you know, like I said, I'm really going to try to finish The Last of Us 2. I'm playing Pokemon Cafe on my phone, uh, which I'll talk about more next week when we have the next podcast because I kind of forgot about it, but now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I need to go make some drinks with my Pokemon. I don't even know really, what this game is. How a did really I miss fascinating that? thing. Uh, it, I missed it, but it just got recommended to me on uh, like the Google Play Store. Looking right now. Do it. That's all oh, I got to say. Oh, it's, it's right there. They heard me. They heard me talk okay. about it. So anyways... Yep. Uh, other than that, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And thanks, uh, of course, Austin and Jason for being here. Of course. And uh, thank you, computer, for not failing on me. Uh, <laughs> thank you, margarita number two, for making me feel good. And uh, I look forward to uh, margarita number three. And also, thank you to everyone chatting. It was pretty active today, so nice to see yeah. people make sure to like and subscribe in the link above or below i don't really know because i don't post the video <laughs> uh thank you everybody for listening if you want to reach out to us again we are on twitter on facebook and instagram at uh, dry spell radio we have a website dryspellradio.com and you can find us for the time being at soundcloud.com slash dryspellradio. Again, uh, we'll be migrating hosts here really shortly. So those of you who are frequent listeners, if for some reason we go like a month without posting a podcast, sometimes that just happens. If we go two months or three months or a year, you've probably been missing podcasts. Uh, other than that, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you can reach out to us at any of those links. Uh, until next week or next time, thanks for listening, and we hope you have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.